another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, our next guest has made Rodman cry, Shaq Cave, and she went head-to-head with Robert Kraft and won. She's a warrior, and in her new book, she talks about not being afraid to be a bitch when she has to be, the lovely Lisa Guerrero. Thanks for coming on the show, Lisa. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. And wow, what an intro. Love it. Yeah, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to be a great reporter like you. I mean, normally the shoe's on the other foot. How do you feel in this role, me asking the questions? I don't like it. It's, <laughs> I, I like having the control of guiding the conversation and asking the tough questions. But, you know, in this case, I'm so thankful to be here to talk about Warrior, my book, because I I want people to read it for a lot of reasons. I want you to be entertained. I want you to know what it's like behind the scenes of Monday Night Football or Fox Sports Net or, you know, being on the cover of Playboy or what it's like to be an NFL cheerleader. So I share a lot of fun stories, informative stories, but I also am really honest about a lot of the trauma I faced at the extreme criticism I endured at you know, the hands of a very verbally abusive boss um, at the trolling and bullying I experienced. And I want people to know the consequences of that criticism. And for me, they were very traumatic and very real. I was able to build my life back and build my career back even better than it was before, but it took a lot of work. So, you know, the, the, the point of writing the book was really about how I turned pain into power and how I think everybody can do that. Well, I read the book, Lisa, most of it. I'm, I'm trying to finish it up, but uh, I did find it interesting when I was reading the book that as a young reporter, you noticed that your colleagues, they were all treating the athletes like heroes, but you, on the other hand, you, were not, you weren't afraid to, to call them out. That, that had to take some guts. Well, you know, it, I, I think it did. I look back at my younger self, and I'm so proud of some of the, the, uh, the strength that I had to go up against a lot of these, you know, uh, very tough athletes and ask them tough questions and hold them accountable. And I think early on, I was starting to forge a path towards being brave, certainly, and towards investigative journalism, because I was asking a lot of the questions that a lot of my male colleagues wouldn't ask because they wanted to be buddies with these guys or go play golf with them on the weekend. And I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to deliver for my audience. Well, I remember a story in the book where you call out Dennis Rodman for wasting your time. They showed up smelling like liquor and weed, you said, and you had wasted a bunch of time doing your hair. Plus, you had another gig doing a a role in a show that you had to be prepared for. So Rodman actually pissed you off and you let him know about it. And it ended up really, in the end, helping your career, right? Yeah, it was was really interesting. It was back in that that year when 
Um, he signed with the Lakers, but before he signed, he kind of vacillated. Oh, I'm going to sign. I'm not going to sign. I'm not going to sign. I am going to sign. So he finally calls a press conference held at Planet Hollywood, and he asks all the press to come. We all show up, and he's not only a little bit late, he's a lot late. Meanwhile, we all had deadlines. We all had other stories to file. I had a live shot I was going to miss, and I had another job as a, an actress on Sunset Beach. So I had to study my lines that night for the show the next day. So finally he rolls in with Carmen Electra, and he, he gets up there and he says, listen, I don't have anything to announce. I just called this press conference to see if you guys would show up. And I was furious. And I stood up in my hot pink Barbie suit, and I let him have it on live television in a press conference. And he started crying. He defended himself, yelled at me back, and then he started crying. And this was all live on ESPN and on various outlets that took this press conference. And so that kind of uh, created this image of me as somebody that asked people tough questions. I became the girl that made Dennis Rodman cry. And I know a lot of your colleagues gained some respect for you uh, when that happened. Her new book is called Warrior, My Path to Being Brave, the new book from Lisa Guerrero, available wherever you read books. You grew up a huge Rams fan, Dodgers fan. Your dad instilled sports in you, and, and you loved it. And I'm just curious because, for me, I covered sports for a while, and I lost a little of my childhood because once you see the reality of your heroes when you're in the locker room reporting them and when you're in the clubhouse, it's a very intimidating place to be as a young reporter, and these guys are looked at as heroes. Has it changed you as a fan from when you were a child? Because I know how much you love sports to now you've uncovered a lot of the nasty side of these athletes. It really did affect me. It, it made me a lot more cynical about them. You know, I understand they're multi-million dollar corporations, each one of them individually. And they are about their brand now, right? And they are about, you know, having this image, producing on the field or on the court. Um, making uh, corporate connections off the court. <clears throat> and once I started to realize that, that these players aren't playing for the love of the game necessarily, you know, it, it kind of took the joy away of being this, this kid that I was that, that loved sports and loved these athletes. So it made me a little more cynical about it. But I also understand, you know, they have a short window of time in which to produce, make that money, make those connections. So, you know, they've got agents around them and managers and a wife and a team and publicists that are trying to keep the money train going. So it really opened my eyes to the business part of sports. Although I know he's not perfect, but he's a close friend of mine, uh, Shaq. We're bi business partners and friends. Uh, me and Shaquille have known each other for a long time. He had to be one of the bright lights when covering sports, just knowing him deep down. But you were able to get Shaq to do an interview ex exclusive with you when at a, time, at a time, he wasn't talking to any reporters, but he decided to talk to you, Lisa. Why do you think that was? First of all, can I just tell you that Shaq was one of the best people that I have ever interviewed. He was always kind to me. <clears throat> I was a beat reporter at the time for Fox Sports Net and the Lakers. Um, you know, I was in and out of those locker rooms all the time. And Shaq was not only fun to interview, he was a human being that was empathetic. He realized I was one of the very few women at the time in the locker room, and he would he would just be so respectful of me. 
and give me his time and his attention. And I, I will never forget his kindness. Honestly, it's just I could go on and on about Jacques, and I know this is his network, but but I would say this on any you know to anybody, he was one of the joys the joys to deal with as a, a young female sports reporter. And yes, at one point he, he was doing a media blackout. He wasn't talking to the media and I figured a way to get him to do an exclusive interview. I found out through the PR person what his favorite TV show was. And I got outtakes from his favorite TV show and I brought it to, and first I said, Hey, if I can get you this, these outtakes, would you give me this interview? And he joked and he said, oh, sure, sure I will. And he didn't think I was going to be able to get it. Well, I went to the production company. I got these outtakes on VHS back then. I brought it to his locker room and I said, now you owe me an interview. And he just started laughing his big, gregarious laugh. And he said, you got me. I'll do it. And so I got this massive exclusive interview. And Sports Illustrated even wrote a little piece about how I got that interview. So I will always be thankful to Shaft. Very nice. We're talking to the beautifully and talented Lisa Guerrero. Make sure you go check out her new book. It's called Warrior, My Path uh, to Being Brave. You were very brave to get on the sidelines of Monday Night Football. You have a chapter in your book actually titled Monday Nightmare Football, and I guess you had a miscarriage during a broadcast. I mean, that was some kind of year for you. What what did you learn now looking back after all these years? It, It seemed to be a traumatic time but I think you came out a better person on the other end, right? I did, and I became a stronger person. But, you know, leading up to, in the years leading into the Monday Night Football um, season, I I realized I was being the target of a lot of misogyny, sexual innuendo, um, sexual harassment at Fox Sports Net. Then I get hired. I I quit that job on Best Damn Sports Show, period. And I thought, okay, that's it. I'm not going to do sports anymore. Well, I got this opportunity to be the sideline reporter for Monday Night Football on ABC. So I said, yes, I thought this was going to be a very different experience. I had never been a sideline reporter before. I was really excited about it. But as soon as I got the job, I was humiliated and criticized, brutally criticized, before I ever had the first game. I was called a bimbo, a cheerleader, a model. You know, it was just really cruel. And I took all of that, I absorbed that negativity like a sponge, and it really hurt my performance. That, in addition to having a boss that, that would yell at me while I was delivering my reports to 40 million people live, really shook my confidence. I became depressed. I became full of anxiety and fear. And about halfway through the season, I had just discovered I was pregnant. So I was probably about 8 to 12 weeks pregnant. And um, during the second quarter of a a game late in the season, I started to feel severe cramping and pain, and I realized that I was having a miscarriage. And instead of calling 911 or telling my producer I had to leave, I was more afraid of getting fired than I was about the trauma that I was going through physically. So I carried on and finished the game while I was having a miscarriage, and I was traumatized by that. After the season, I was fired. I had suicidal ideations about that. I thought I was a failure as a human being. I thought I would never get my career back. And so I finally reached out to help. I reached out to my dad, and I eventually you know, started therapy for that. And 20 years later, here I am. I survived it. Um, I rebuilt my career. I refocused my energy. I became a better reporter. 
and now I am not a sponge for criticism. I, you know, I don't accept criticism anymore. I don't let it affect me, but it took me a long time to learn how to do that. One thing I learned about you, Lisa, as I was reading this book is uh, you love food. You know, you love it. Uh, you, li- <laughs> you, you like eating. And uh, I love the stories about you uh, digging into the vending machines and Doritos was your breakfast, the hot dogs at the Dodgers game, the Snickers for breakfast. Uh, you had uh, logs of the fast food drive through times. I mean, how do you stay so beautiful and, and grace the cover of Playboy with that body, Lisa, and you're having Doritos for breakfast? Please tell us the secrets. <laughs> Genetics. I had a gorgeous mother, and my dad is very handsome. And I, I, you know, I really abused my body when I was younger with junk food. I'm much better. I'm 58 now, so I'm very careful. I'm, you know, I'm a lot better at working out and eating healthy food. But back then, I just ate like a 12 year old boy. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised I have any teeth left in my mouth. How they didn't rot? I, it was it's beyond me. All I ate was sugar and junk food. But I finally got through that, that phase of my life and realized that's not healthy. Um, but, yeah, I, I still love to eat. I mean, I'm a steak and potatoes girl, for sure. Well, you definitely got those good looks from your mother. I know that uh, a very tragic thing happened to, to her. You, your mother died of cancer when you were just eight years old, and she told you when you were a young girl it stuck with you that Guerrero means warrior you were born to fight and that leads me to the story in my opinion that has to be your most gratifying story that you have worked on in your career and that's helping to solve a cold case and you brought justice to a young child can you tell our audience that story because it's amazing so um when i was on inside edition a few years ago i was uh somebody reached out to me on facebook a woman named monica hall she was the aunt of a little girl who was beaten to death in her crib There were three adults in the house at the time, and none of them were arrested. The case had gone cold. It was four years later, and all three of those suspects had fled to other states, and the police had given up on this case. So she asked me to look into it. I convinced my executive producer to let me have a crew to go to Nebraska and to start digging, and we were able to find all these three suspects in other states. I interrogated them on camera, and two of them rolled over on the third one named Dustin Chauncey, who they said beat Juliet Hurts to death. I confronted him. The story aired on Inside Edition. They convened a grand jury. A couple of years later, it was brought to trial. I was in the courtroom sitting next to Monica Hall, her aunt, when they found Dustin Chauncey guilty, and he's now serving 80 years to life in prison. You go, girl. Lisa Guerrero, our guest here. Make sure you pick up her new book. She is a warrior, her path uh, to being brave. I have a few uh, sports questions I want to ask you. I know that you've uh, dated a Rams quarterback at one point in your career. Who is the greatest quarterback in Rams history, in your opinion? Oh, my gosh. Well, should we go way back to, like, the Norm Van Brocklin? Um, I'm going to say, holy cow, I loved Vince Ferragamo. I loved Hayden. Um, I don't know. There, there have been so many great quarterbacks. At one point, I had memorized each one of them uh, up to like from 1946 when Cleveland for it used to be the Cleveland Rams, and in 1946 they became the Los Angeles Rams. And when I was a kid, I memorized each one of the quarterbacks in history. And when I tried out for the Rams cheerleading in 1984, I recounted during my my sit down interview after I made the first round. 
I recounted all of the quarterbacks in order, and I think that helped me make the squad. Nice. What about Kurt Warner? You can, you know, it was St. Louis, but you consider. Oh, Kurt, yeah, of course. He doesn't. I don't consider him a Los Angeles Ram, of course, because he was a St. Louis Ram. But he, like, there's no question. He had an outstanding career, and for such an underdog, um, you know, talk about, you know, a, an incredible career, and and somebody who wasn't taken seriously. Again, I, I look at sports is such a great analogy for life. Here's a guy who was short. Um, he was not even in the NFL. He wasn't taken seriously, and he went on to have one of the most um, incredible careers of any quarterback, much less you know in the Rams franchise. But but yeah, he he was great. A controversial player that I'd like to ask you about, uh, Barry Bonds. You were the first to ask him, point yeah. blank, did he take steroids? And I guess it was a booger check that uh, kind of lightened the mood. <laughs> but my, my question is, uh, Barry Bonds, does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? I do. I do, and I'll tell you why. There are a lot of people in the Hall of Fame who cheated on and off the field, who um, were, were bad people who were wife abusers, who were drug abusers, who were alcoholics. Um, you know, I think what we have to do is take the numbers and the statistics in that time and look at those numbers only. Because, yes, you can speculate about whether or not he, he did steroids, but so did a lot of other people in the steroid era in the 90s and into the 2000s. So it, it's kind of hard to separate. The problem with Barry is that he was very brutal with the media. You know, the local media hated him. He was awful to the media. So he didn't help himself in the way that, that he treated the media. And who gets to decide who gets into the Hall of Fame? The media. And so I think that's why uh, you see a lot of animosity towards him still. Um, did he cheat? Did he, did he do steroids? I can speculate. I believe he probably did do steroids. But are you going to go back and be able to, to test every single player in the Hall of Fame for drugs? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a difficult decision. But if you go simply by statistics, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hopefully one day him and Pete Rose uh, uh, and Mark McGuire, I feel like, all deserve a place in Cooperstown. We're talking with uh, Lisa Guerrero, one of the great female sports reporters in the history of sports. I, I started thinking, like, We'd like to talk about goats nowadays, greatest of all time. I was like, well, you know, who is the greatest female sports reporter of all time? And if you asked me, I, I came up with two names for me personally. I would say Hannah Storm, uh, maybe number one. Uh, and also, I, for whatever reason, I just loved Linda Cohn. Uh, you, she had this very likable delivery, and uh, I loved Linda. I don't see her as much on, on television anymore, but uh, I would say Hannah and Linda what about you? Who is the greatest female sports reporter of all time? I think there are, you know, in my opinion, I'm going to go back, way back, to the first female sports reporters that broke the barrier of allowing us to get into the locker room. I'm going to mention names like Barbara Boren, um, uh, you know, people that, that probably you, you may not be as familiar with, Janet Prensky. These are women who, in the, uh, the 60s and 70s, did the very hard work of being beat reporters for their local teams and who pushed for the rights for the rest of us to be able to be on television and to go into the locker rooms and to cover sports. 
So the people I think are the greatest sports reporters in the world of female sports reporters are people that you probably don't know that aren't household names, but paved the way for the rest of us. And more recently, I did see you uh, interviewing the victims from that documentary, Secrets of Playboy. You actually posed for Playboy in your 40s. Where did you get you got that confidence? Right. Where did you get all this confidence? Because you call out baseball players. uh, You you get interviews with Shaq and you're not afraid to take your clothes off for a camera. I mean, you're you're one tough. You're a tough cookie. I hope people read my book, Warrior, My Path to Being Brave, to see why I made that very controversial decision. And it was very strategic. I had been fired from Monday Night Football. I had spent several years um, really rebuilding my confidence and trying to pick up the ashes of that career that had been lost for me as a sports reporter. And um, I, I made a very specific decision to do this because I knew if I was on the cover of Playboy, and by the way, I wasn't a playmate, so I wasn't nude, but I was on the cover of Playboy. And the reason I did that is because I knew it would give me a platform to talk about what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to be on a news magazine. So I did the cover of Playboy, and during my press tour for that cover, I told anybody that would listen, I wanted to be on Inside Edition or Entertainment Tonight or a news magazine. Well, Inside Edition heard me saying that over and over, so they did a a story about me on their show, and their audience loved me, and I ended up getting a two-year contract and that was 17 years ago, and I'm still on the show today. So in a way, Playboy helped pave the way for me to be an investigative journalist. It's a very interesting story. I highly recommend you go pick up her new book, Lisa Guerrero's Warrior, My Path to Being Brave. Thank you so much for your time, and good luck with your future endeavors, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks, Gentry. I appreciate you having me. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.